Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Sunday Service. I decided not to do an intro this morning or this afternoon because I'm two minutes late. I went and had ice cream with my daughter, and I ended up being two minutes late. So thank you guys so much for your patience. I always get text messages. I have like eight text messages right now from people saying, are you doing Sunday service tonight? You know we're doing Sunday service tonight. Come on. Hi, Carly Grunman in the backstage. I see you. You're amazing. Guys, happy, happy Thanksgiving week. I'm so excited for this week. We are, my wife and I, we made a decision. We are not going to do Thanksgiving for our own family this year. We are actually flying out to Arkansas, Little Rock, Arkansas tomorrow. I've never been to Little Rock, Arkansas. But a couple of things have transpired that I'm super excited about, and I want to get out to Little Rock, Arkansas. So we are abandoning our own family dinners at our own house and our own families and all that kind of stuff for Thanksgiving. And we're going to do a couple of really cool things. A handful of leaders inside of Arkansas around Little Rock, I get a call from one of them, and one of them says, we've got a brand new student in sub two that just bought his first deal, seller finance, him and his wife have basically been living in a shed, like almost literally living in a shed for the last four years in somebody's backyard, no insulation, et cetera. And it's very cold in Arkansas. And he just got his first deal seller finance. He needs help. He needs the community to help him like rally and get into the deal. And I go, say no more, dude. Like, let's put it together. My wife and my kids and myself will fly out to Arkansas. We will hang out. And so tomorrow afternoon, I am skipping Wholesale Hotline to be on a, fly, a, a flight to be out at Little Rock, Arkansas to drive north and help one of our new students who bought his first deal on seller finance to give his wife their first home ever together uh, that he bought with no credit, no cash, no credentials whatsoever. Super cool. And then because I'm in Little Rock, I'm like, yo, let's do a sub two meetup. So we're going to do a sub two meetup in Little Rock, Arkansas on Tuesday night. But I would say, no, I'm sorry, Wednesday night. The coolest thing that we're going to be doing is on Tuesday, we are going to go to a nonprofit and feed probably about 400 people. We're going to put, we're going to go buy turkeys and stuffing and all the things. There's a nonprofit that focuses on underprivileged families that have children ages zero to five years old. And we are going to feed 400 people on Tuesday, late afternoon, an early Thanksgiving dinner. And it's people that could not afford it. Um, you know, a Thanksgiving dinner, really nice one that we've all grown up with. 100 bucks, 200 bucks, 300 bucks, 500 bucks. Some people spend five, $6,000 on Thanksgiving, believe it or not, with big, big groups of people. We will spend far more than that. We will spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and a lot of volunteers to feed nearly 400 people in Arkansas on Tuesday. So that is happening this week. I want to start it out asking you guys what you guys are thankful for. Okay, what are you guys thankful for this week? I'm looking for something unique. I'm looking for something I haven't seen before. What are you, what are you grateful for? Today, um, we lost my dog, Cheese, who I've had for 16 years, and I choose to look on the positive bright side of that situation, and I'm grateful that I had a great run with that dog. Um, when I went through a divorce 15, 16 years ago, that little dog, Cheese, laid by my bed for a number of years. She became Laura, my wife's first dog, and she became just my 
companion for a long like we, all the hikes we went on all the road trips we went on we took her on the airstream trip we took her all over the country and this morning i'm flying home from fresno for those of you that were at the fresno meetup yesterday that was epic nearly i think 800 people were at that meetup big big room so shout out to michael zuber jason pritchard stratton brown uh noah hoffman ty my gosh amazing I'm flying home from that meetup this morning at about four o'clock this morning. My wife sends me a text message, says we lost that dog. And I'm grateful and thankful that I had the opportunity to have 12, no, I'm sorry, 15 years of my life with that dog. Here we go. Um, this is great. Here, here we go. Valentina says, I'm definitely grateful to stumble across this amazing opportunity. Grateful for the golden heart that God has given, oh, given you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Alexis says, grateful to have another opportunity to work for the vision our family has coming from humble beginnings and community. That is freaking cool. Thank you so much. Christina Solar. I haven't talked to you in a couple of months. Good to see you on here. She says, thankful for life and the ability to provide for my children. A few years ago, I didn't see myself even being alive now. Wow. That's a big deal. That's very unique. Scott says, I'm grateful for having the mental ability to be able to grow mentally, whether that's smarter or new skills, et cetera. Michelle, I'm thankful for the strength and peace to keep going when it feels like all the hard work is for nothing. You know, that's a, that's a really challenging thing. When you're out there learning these little nuggets, right, and they have to stack up and stack up and stack up, you got to get a lot of gold nuggets to get a get big gold bar big enough that you can exchange it for some cap, some money. And um, as you're gaining this knowledge and this confidence in this industry in terms of the skills and understanding you have of the new terminology, the new relationships, the new job descriptions and what people do in this business and how people make money and the flow and the timing and all these kind of things, you do feel lost and you do feel like you're not really progressing. It's because the, small, the progressions are so small that you don't see them stacking on top of each other until a year later and you wake up and you go, man, I'm not even the same person. Chester texts and I'm grateful for you, man. He says, I'm super grateful for all the hardship and challenges I faced this year. What great perspective. I love that. Jeremiah says, great chatting with you yesterday in Fresno Pace. Just wanted to, you to know I took your advice last night, contacted a seller. They responded back so I can use some help closing the deal. So Jeremiah, here's what I've been telling people for years. You don't need my help. I'm not going to buy the deal, okay? You're coming to me. You're not one of my students. I am happy to help you on free podcasts. I'm happy to help you at free meetups. I'm happy to even DM you very quick, short bursts of help. That's my job, giving value to the free community. But I pour in so much time and energy into my students. I very rarely have any time, anything, any time outside of that other than the free stuff like podcasts, YouTube, stuff like that. Jeremiah, find my students in your area. There are going to be a lot of students in this podcast today that can help you, okay? So come into the podcast, go into my free Facebook group, okay? And you will find somebody to help you. I promise you that. Um, Joel says, I'm grateful for losing all my money and all it in stocks. If that didn't happen, I would have never made, met this amazing community. Very cool. Um, Marcus says, I'm grateful for the challenges Life has thrown at me. It's helped me realize how to best serve my family and others. Ruben, thankful, thankful for the opportunity to have seen how to create a deal and push one through. And now I'm five to six weeks into the sub two course and have created two LLCs through Prime. That's freaking progress, man. 
That's amazing. Carolina Allen, it was cool hanging out with you at the airport this morning. You're so freaking beautiful, amazing. You're unbelievable human being. Grateful for the resilience I have gained being in this industry and all the lessons I have learned along the way. I'm grateful for the, our relationship and us being friends. So thank you so much for that. Uh, Brian says, I'm thankful for the hardships I've li lived through that allows me to face current and future issues with confidence. So guys, one of the biggest things I'm thankful for is this podcast, this live thing I've been doing for over two and a half years. In, in fact, coming on three, maybe four years. I've, I've been almost doing this podcast for almost four years. YouTube, less than two and a half because we were stupid and we didn't realize how to do it. But uh, we were doing on IG Live and all sorts of other things. But I am so grateful for this opportunity to find my purpose and become a better educator, become a better storyteller. Um, yesterday, I was in a room of 800 people. And at the end of my two-hour thing, because I always go long, I, I, I don't always go long. I go long when it's appropriate. Other times, I'm right on time. And I, it was appropriate yesterday for me to go long. I was the last speaker. I asked people, do you want me to keep going? I kept going. And at the end of my, uh, my two-hour thing, I asked these 800 people, I said, how many people in this room finally today is the first day that you finally understand what creative finance even means? And no exaggeration, 70% of the room raised their hand. 70% of the room raised their hand. I am so grateful that I have the knowledge, the ability to tell stories. I have the ability to connect with people. I have the ability to put change into people's lives and essentially plant that seed in their life. And if they water it and they put action on top of it, that blows up and they change as a human being. I'm so grateful for that. There were times in my life that that was not an opportunity for me. Um, I've always been a hard worker. I've always been somebody who is like very, very driven, but I didn't have the skills. I didn't have the right knowledge. I didn't have the right access. I didn't have the right proximity. I didn't have the right mindset. I didn't have all the right other things in order to change anybody else's lives. My biggest problem was I couldn't even change my own life. I, I was lacking resources. And finally, when I finally getting, started getting resources, I was so happy and grateful for, for the ability to articulate those to other people to the point where I get 600 to 1,000 people showing up to Sunday service every single week. Thank you so much for that. Now, that being said, last week we talked about the first three commandments, okay? We talked about the first three commandments in creative finance. Ooh, Myron, this is a good one. Guys, as I read a couple of more of these grateful things, remind everybody in the side chat, what were the three commandments from last week? We're going to talk about three more today, okay? Susan Blanco says, my life changed six weeks ago when I joined Sub2. My life changed when I joined Sub2 too. Chris says, pace definitely changed my life. Thank you so much for that. Um, Kihano got a, got your text message earlier. I haven't been able to text you back, but I appreciate you. Um, I'm grateful and thankful for you. Love you, brother. Uh, Corden said, uh, Jordan says the last two days I've started creating content, created three LLCs with prime and came across four creative financing deals. Um, crazy. All right. Um, that's funny. Kayla says, I would love to connect with more students in North Carolina. There's lots of students in North Carolina. Make sure you're connecting with them. I want to connect with more of the students in North Carolina. Grateful for the incredible community. Sub two is for Carolyn and me. Pace helped us and pushed us to do things we never thought possible. 
life-changing. You guys are amazing. I planted the seed. You guys watered it. You guys fertilized it. You watered it again. You let that seed germinate, turn into an amazing, um, fruitful product, and you guys have now seeded other people. I'm watching you guys do it. It's powerful. It's freaking powerful. It's what this is all about. All right, so number one, here we go. Let's get into the Creative Finance Commandments. Thank you guys for all the people. Over 600 people showed up Thanksgiving week to come and hang out with me. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful. Um, I also am grateful and thankful for hair. Okay, for a lot of you guys didn't know I actually have hair. I'm thankful for hair. All right. Rarely don't wear a hat. I've been wearing a hat since I was like five years old. I don't know what it is. I like wearing a hat. It's great. I love wearing a hat. Maybe it's the lazy man's way of living life, but man, I love it. It is nice to have hair though. Number one, Chuck, thank you so much reminding us. Always buy a deal that cash flows when you are brand new. Okay, always buy a deal that cash flows when you are brand new. Now, guys, I buy deals that do not cash flow. I am not brand new. I am advanced and I have advanced strategies. I have deals that don't cash flow. I have a couple of deals that actually are negative cash flow and will probably lose three or $4,000 in cash flow over the next year, two, $300 a month. But next, next year when I raise the rents or the year after that I raise the rents, those deals were 0% seller finance deals, okay? So there is justification for it when you get to advanced um, levels, okay? Number two, never put your brain in the seller's head, right? Asking the questions like, why would the seller do this? Why would the seller do that? Why, 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 why? Well, we answered that last week, okay? So please go back and watch the first three um, creative finance commandments tonight. We're going to talk about the other three. Number three, all right, number three is when in doubt on your exit strategy, when in doubt on your exit strategy, wholesale it, wholesale the deal. Because here's what's great about creative finance, okay? There's all these people out there that teach wholesale. That's cool. Good for you. You teach wholesale. That's only 30% of the way you can make money in real estate. The other 60% or 70% you can make money in real estate is by buying and holding and fixing and flipping. Creative finance, which is what I teach and I specialize in, I would say that arguably I'm probably the number one educator in, in, the, in the world on this exact topic. I wouldn't say probably. I am, there's, no, there's absolutely no doubt. There's nobody else even remotely close. So here's what's cool about creative finance and what I teach is I can teach you how to wholesale Creative finance, okay? Creative finance can be wholesale. I can teach you how to fix and flip with creative finance. And I teach you how to buy and hold in creative finance. And then there's this other echelon that like wholesale, fix and flip, buy and hold. People look at this other echelon. It's like a whole other world. It's called multifamily or commercial real estate. That's another amazing industry that creative finance dominates in, Okay. But if you don't know what to do on a creative finance deal, just wholesale your first deal, okay? Just wholesale your first deal, your second deal, et cetera, okay? Now, here are the next three commandments. The next three commandments of creative finance. Number one, let me remove this real fast. So remove this comment. Ooh, where's part two of Pace Morby's dump trailer video? 
you don't deserve it yet. That's where it is. You haven't made enough comments on that YouTube video. You're over here making comments on this YouTube. Go make comments on that YouTube video. Faze Fresh. And I'll make one. All right? Happy to do it. More than happy to do it. Okay? Number four. Okay? Number four. Know your entry fee. Boom. Number four. Know your entry fee. Make sure you know your entry fee. If you guys have not seen the entry fee, go over to Pace Morby's YouTube channel, and you guys can go and see the YouTube video all about entry fee. Let me go pull that up real fast. I teach my students this, I don't know, frequently. I probably have done 25 hours on this with my students because it, it does require a lot of detailed information. But let's pull up the, I think I have like a 25-minute video for like the YouTube, the YouTube the U-Cubes, I would say I give away about 1%, 2% to the YouTube channel that I give to my students. Creative Finance is that diverse, which is pretty amazing that I could, let's see, entry fee, pace morby. Let's see if I can find this. Boom. There it is, suckas. Man, I look stupid. That was a, only a year ago? Wow, life goes by fast. Hold on, I'm pulling it up. Hold on a second. Here you go. This is the video right here. I will give you the link. You need to know your entry fee. If you do not know what entry fee means, you need to know it. Please make sure you know it. Okay. All right, cool. So know your entry fee. Now, I had a great, unbelievable Zoom the other day with one of my favorite attorneys. I have a closing attorney I do a lot of deals with. I had an amazing Zoom the other day. Um, as a lot of my students know, I am creating one of the most gangster series of videos you sub two students will ever see. Here's the series of videos. I am creating a series of videos that are homeowner, education, and real estate agent education videos. I will narrate, kind of like I'm on National Geographic, and I will say, hi, my name is Pace Morby. I'm here to answer the question of what exactly is subject to? Instead of listening to me answer the question, I brought in five real estate attorneys, two bro top brokers in the nation, a loan officer, a CPA, somebody who helped write the Dodd-Frank Act, and they're going to answer that question for us today. And then I'm currently chopping up all the individual answers of all these people into videos that will never make it into the public forum. They will only be there for my sub two students to then send those videos to sellers that say, what's subject to? And my students can now send that video privately to the seller, to the agent, to the broker, to lenders or anybody else and say, this is what subject to is answered by industry professionals. Then the next question is, what are the things I need to worry about with subject to? What about due on sale clause? Is this legal? Man alive, man alive, man alive. You would not believe the questions I am getting. I am answering these questions through the mouth of attorneys and chopping this up into the most unbelievable, poignant video series. 
that will educate your sellers, your agents, if you are a sub to student. Doing that as a major bonus, you guys know me, we'll never stop. We'll keep doing what we do. Here's what I talked about with this attorney. We had a phenomenal conversation about multiple things, and I could not have agreed with him anymore. This is one of the most important commandments in the entire 10 commandments. Number five, never allow the seller to lease the property back after sub two or seller finance. Now, why is that? Let me give you a little bit more why, a little bit more context, okay? Here is the context of this. Never allow the seller to lease the property back from you after you purchased the property from them on subject to or seller finance. Why is that? Okay. Why is that? The reason being is because the seller was excited to do the deal with you because they had pain, they had pressure, they had whatever. But after you relieve that pressure, whether it's stopping a foreclosure, maybe it's solving a probate situation, maybe that's getting some cash in their pocket to, so they could pay off a car, whatever it is, you have now relieved the pressure and their need to be nice to you and play ball with you simply goes out the window. Now, what happens is in order for me to take a property over subject to, I'm taking over the payment that they were used to paying. Okay, well, if I'm taking over payment that they were already used to paying and now they're going to lease the property back for me, it would be a requirement for me as an investor to raise their lease to not only cover the payment that I'm now responsible for, but also for me to cash flow and cover my expenses, my time, my overhead, and all of those things. So how do you think a homeowner feels after you just bought their house subject to and they are now leasing the property back from you at a higher dollar amount than what their mortgage payment was when they owned it. It creates a hairy debacle. And ironically, the attorney I talked about talked to about this, Harry Marsh, he believes that this rule should be like rule number two or three in the Ten Commandments. They said, well, Harry, none of these are like in their in the series of importance. They're all very important. And I'm sure at some point I'll make even more than 10 commandments, but let's just and they're all equally important. He was happy about that. He does not like this. He says all the big problems he's ran into with creative finance is when an investor buys a property from a homeowner, sub two, seller finance, hybrid, whatever it may be turns around, leases the property back to that exact owner, but is now required in order to cash flow to raise the rents. It causes major entitlement issues, frustration, anger, et cetera. And sometimes it results in lawsuit, but a lot of times it results in an angry homeowner that is trying to damage your property that they used to live in. Okay. It is very important. Okay, very and very important for you not to allow a seller to lease the property back from you after you sub to and seller finance that property. Okay, amazing. Creative finance commandment number six. 
Creative finance commandment number six. A land trust can be perceived as fraud. Boom, boom, boom. Stop using land trusts to avoid due on sale. Okay. This is a tricky one. This is something I teach my students for hours and hours and hours. And now I will give you a very micro condensed version of this. But what you will see is you will see people talk about the Garn St. Germain Act and do on sale clause and the fact that if I buy something in a land trust, I can avoid the do on sale clause. That is absolutely incorrect. One thousand percent incorrect. A land trust does not stop the do on sale clause. In fact, if you want a master class on do on sale, then go talk to a sub two student. I have probably seven hours on do on sale just inside of our mentorship. We teach you the right way to handle do on sale clause. I have never met anybody that does it the right way. A land trust is and can be perceived as fraud. Why? So here's what a land trust is. Land trust is an entity, essentially. It's very similar to an LLC, where people will deed a property to a trust called the land trust so that people don't see who the actual owner of that property is. Now, what's interesting about this process, okay, is that if I do that, let's look at this. If I have an LLC in Wyoming, okay, so here's an LLC, and it's in Wyoming, this is what we do at, um, if you guys don't have LLCs, make sure you go to startwithprime.com. Startwithprime.com is actually who sets up all of these structures for us. Startwithprime.com. So if you have an LLC in Wyoming, okay, this would be called your holding company. Obviously, my students have very in-depth information about this, but then that LLC that holds your properties it doesn't matter what state that's in, Arizona, California, whatever it may be, the owner of this LLC is this LLC. It's not you. And because it's in Wyoming, or maybe it's in Nevada, or maybe it's in Delaware, whatever it is, if there's a secrecy state, these are secrecy states, it accomplishes the same thing as a land trust. It hides who the actual owner of the property is. However, a land trust, okay, a land trust can be perceived as somebody who is intentionally trying to hide who the owner was. In fact, if you go look up creative finance and issues that people have had with prison time, there was an article written back years and years ago talking about how um, there were people in Florida that went to prison over buying properties subject to. And when you actually dig deeper into the, loss, the lawsuit and the people did go to prison, it wasn't because they bought it subject to. It's that because they bought it subject to in a land trust and lied to the bank who the actual owner was, they then were uh, sought after for mortgage fraud. Okay? That is why land trusts are not ideal. Now, 
Are land trusts great for other things? Yes. But if you're looking for anonymity and privacy and you don't want people to know what assets you own, a land trust is not always the way to, to do that. The way to do that is through a LLC structure that we set up through Prime. Again, start with prime.com for those of you guys that have not set up with Prime. And tell Prime you want a secrecy package, an anonymity package. You don't want anybody to know what LLCs you own, how they're set up, et cetera. You do not need a land trust, okay? So do not come to me and say, Pace, do you buy properties in a land trust? The answer is no, I do not. Now, I'm going very quick, very deep. So some of you guys that are brand new are like, who, what, when, where, why? Why are we talking about land trust? This is crazy. Don't worry. It's okay to be overwhelmed. Just keep listening. You'll get used to some of the nomenclature, the vernacular, et cetera. Okay. In the state of Arizona, nobody uses a land trust. And the reason being is because a land trust in the state of Arizona is required to show who the owner or beneficiary is of that land trust in order for you to get title insurance. Now, title insurance, I don't know about you guys, but as a real estate investor, I want title insurance on every one of my properties. So for me to use a land trust, that requires me to name the beneficiary in order for, get, for me to get title insurance in Arizona, it makes no sense for me to have a land trust in Arizona. So why would I go around the country and in some states buy in a land trust and other states not buy in a land trust? Just buy it in a damn LLC and set up your damn LLC the right way. Go to startwithprime.com and stop being a freaking knucklehead. Stop using land trusts, okay? Now, this one is a good one, okay? This one is a really, really good one. Now, this one is going to require a much longer one. Uh, yeah, Hamad says, can we buy from a land trust? Absolutely. You can, you can even sell to a land trust. You can even deed a property to a land trust. I'm, say, I'm not saying don't use a land trust. I'm saying don't use a land trust because you think it's going to avoid the due on sale clause. And don't use a land trust because you think it's going to hide the anonymity or provide anonymity. There are certain circumstances that you could use a land trust. I don't use any of those circumstances. Okay, Go watch other people's YouTube channel about land trusts. Those people are antiquated. Those are outdated models. Most people are not using land trusts in their acquisitions of real estate. They are using LLCs. It's way more understandable. Way more attorneys do LLCs than do land trusts. In fact, most attorneys nationwide don't do land trusts. You'll even run into attorneys and go, wait, what? Who, what? The only state that you'll really run into, okay? The only state that you'll ever run into that has land trusts as a common thing is Florida, okay? So just be aware of that. Be very, very aware of that. There you go. Chris JB, he knows the answer. Anderson sells land trusts. That's why they push it. So I told you, be aware of it. It's also the same thing in Florida. There are people in Florida that sell land trusts. And so therefore, you'll hear about it in, um, in Florida. Like use a land trust to buy a property. No, buy a property in an LLC. Have that LLC owned by a holding LLC in a secrecy state like Wyoming, Delaware, et cetera. And don't ever set up your LLCs yourself. Don't ever, ever, ever set up your LLCs yourself, okay? Yeah, Florida is, a, is, an, is an oddball, isn't it? It really is. 
everything is, a, they're a little bit weird over there. Now, uh, before I go into number seven, I want to ask the question, how many people are showing up to next month's elephant challenge? We are dropping, okay? We are dropping three days on multifamily in the elephant challenge. We're going to be looking for elephant challenge multifamily deals. The first time we've done it on elephant challenge. Okay. Valentina says, I'm showing up to every challenge you offer. Now you guys will also remember, I don't sell anything on these challenges. I don't ever try and push you or nuance you into anything. Um, let's see if, let's see if I can find this. KJMorby.com forward slash invite, I think is the, is the link. There it is. Okay, cool. All right. So guys, do me a favor. We've got well over 700 people. We got on our way to 800 people watching today. I want to get 800 in uh, signups on this. Okay. I want to make sure that you guys are signed up for this. Here is the elephant challenge. This is all you have to do. Name, phone number, email, and get access. You'll get all of our wholesale contracts. You'll get all of our assignment contracts. You'll get all of the trainings from last month, etc. Oh my gosh. When was the last time you had an Oreo McFlurry? You know what I'm saying? Wow. Unbelievable. My daughter's like, dad, can we go get a McSturry? A McSturry. All right. I'm registered. Um, love it. Yeah. John Mello says I'm working with, I'm working with OT to get funds for myself. Um, how do I sign up for Pace's mastermind class? I, I, that's a great question. I don't even know. I don't, I don't think you can get into the mastermind class and you no, I don't, I know this, this is my role. You can't get into my mastermind unless you're a student. Okay. Mm. Ooh, I like this. Cade Davis says, Pace, what do you think about what Grant Cardone says about you can't truly help someone unless they buy from you. I actually agree to an extent selling is helping. That's an interesting thing. Um, I, I know Grant personally. I spend a good amount of time with him. I'm actually going to spend three days with him next week, just uh, me and like 15 other people for three days. Mm. I probably spent 100 hours this year with Grant in a private setting. And I would disagree with that. I don't, I think the context might be off. Very interesting. Context has to be off. I can tell you if somebody specifically wants to learn something from you and they want to scale and do it properly, I think they have to pay. I think that there, there was a misbelief in my mind for a long time that I was like, huh, I can give everything away for free and everybody's going to crush it and take action. It's actually the opposite. I'll tell you, here's, it's, here's what I've learned. It's not that people need to pay me. 
because people don't pay me. They pay me. They pay a company that I partnered with named New Reach. So I don't make the money from my mentorship, but um, New Reach does, which I'm grateful. It's what I set up purposely. That was a purposeful move on my part. But I find that you find way better people to teach when you charge them something. People that had a resource, no excuse. Like the people who are like, I'm not going to pay for education are typically the people I don't even want to hang out with at all. Right. So I, what I told people on Steve Trang's podcast four years ago is I said, I won't spend time with you. I, I'm like, I don't even have a mentorship. But if you've never even invested $100 in yourself at like a local meetup or maybe taking a real estate agent out for lunch and spending money on them on a light, nice lunch or something or like sending somebody a gift, like if you've not invested money into this, I don't want to have a conversation with you. And so people would DM me and they would go, here's, here's proof I've paid for a mentorship. Please take my call, blah, blah, blah. And I would spend a lot of time with people because I realized that the people that are serious have been filtered out by being charged by a Grant Cardone or a Jamil Damji or a Brent Daniels. The people that are way more serious about their business are the people that are paying for it. So I do believe in that. However, the reason why I kind of look at that as maybe not entirely true is that Grant has a fund. Like he has a big multifamily fund and I think he's helping a lot of people, right? I think he's helping a lot of people that did not ever buy a mentorship from him. So you know, it depends on what those people specifically need. If they need to build a business, I think they have to invest. I don't think, I know they have to invest in themselves. They have to filter out. You as the educator have to filter out the people that are not going to do anything and have broken mindsets. And the only way to do that is not drawing their blood. It's not by pl plucking a hair out of their hair and figuring out whether a go-getter. It's the only thing you, have, you can do is go, are you resourceful? Do you have some capital? Do you have at least proof that you have something going on in your life? Great. Charge, you know, you charge people. Okay. So um, I do believe that. However, I do believe Grant helps a lot of people that have never bought anything from him because I think he helps people um, with his multifamily investments. Oscar Martinez says, my only regret is not investing in myself sooner. Hmm. Okay. Final one for the night, because I'm going to give you guys the final two, the final three, number eight, nine, and 10 next week. This is the final one. And I will end up doing a full entire um, Sunday service on this. Okay. Full entire Sunday service on this. Know your exit strategy. Know your exit strategy. And here's the thing is your, there are 26 exit strategies. Okay, so an exit strategy could be a rental. It could be Airbnb, midterm rental, fix and flip, wrap, lease option, et cetera. Like all these things are individual exit strategies. And what I find is people come to me and they'll say stuff like, Peace, I got this great deal. And I go, great, what are you going to do with it? And I go, I don't know, but it's a great deal. I go, how do you know it's a great deal if you don't know what you're going to do with it? Because remember, in creative finance, the value of something is not the purchase price. The value of something is what you can do with it. And your exit strategy is what you can do with it. So an Airbnb is what I can do with it. Sober living is what I can do with it. A traditional rental is what I can do with it. Midterm rental is what I can do with it. These are exit strategies, right? 
I acquired, I entered into the deal on the front end. I'm now going to exit to a, an exit strategy like Airbnb, rental, short-term rental, fix and flip, wholesale, live in the property, assign it to, assign it to a homestead buyer, wrap it to a homestead buyer, create a, a, a separate and differential note situation. There's so many exit strategies, it's ridiculous. You need to know your exit strategies in order for you to structure the deal properly. Now, I'm going to talk to you guys next week about some foreclosure situations, some loan modification situations, things that I put in the Ten Commandments. But number seven is know your exit strategies. I have 26 exit strategies. 26 ex exit strategies. Your exit strategy will help you structure the actual deal. Okay. Now, are there any sub two students in Hawaii? Yes, there are a, a massive community of people in Hawaii. I will actually be personally in Hawaii in about a month, less than a month. I will be in Hawaii and I will spend two weeks in Hawaii hanging out with all the Hawaii sub two students. It will require me two weeks to visit all the sub two students in Hawaii. That's how many students we have in Hawaii. Okay. Um, amazing. Are there guys, let's put this. Okay. Let's put this to bed. Are there any sub two students in Washington? Guys, there is a sub two student in every state, in every city in the United States. This is not some rinky dinky mentorship. This is the largest, most powerful community in all of real estate. Sub two is the largest and most powerful community in real estate. Yes, we are everywhere. If you want to find somebody, I would say, hey, guys, I'm in Washington. Can somebody connect with me that's also in Washington? That's what I would say. But asking if there's a student somewhere, the answer is always going to be yes. Okay, so let's change the questions. You'll get different answers. Okay. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Jason, thank you for that. Um, this is great. Cade says, I actually think paying for a course helps you for much for two reasons. One, normally the price is uncomfortable, so it forces you to make something happen. And two, it breaks self-limiting beliefs. I actually agree with that tremendously. So guys, we have 800 people in here. Let's have everybody sign up for the Elephant Challenge. Please do that for me. We're going to be doing multifamily next month. It looks just like this on the screen, so you guys can see exactly what it looks like. It's literally your name and your email address, okay? Um, Carly says, um, there's one in my living room in Baltimore. It's me. <laughs> uh, I freaking love it. Sign up for the elephant challenge guys. We're gonna have so much fun. This is in two weeks. Um, and next week for Sunday service, we will be talking about the eighth, ninth and 10th creative finance commandments. And then what we'll do is we'll do a whole Sunday service on the 26 exit strategies. I might even do like the 26 days of Christmas or something like that. That would be cool. The 26 days of Christmas and every single day is another exit strategy. I like that idea. That one came up. We're going to do it. Bada bing, bada boom. Guys, I appreciate you. Hopefully this 45-minute um, podcast was helpful. These three additional uh, commandments were awesome. You guys had time to network with each other. You guys signed up for the Elephant Challenge. I will see you next week. If you are in Arkansas, come see me. I'm in Arkansas this week. We're going to be helping 
a about 400 underprivileged people who have children between ages zero to five. We are going to be helping a student move from being basically homeless into his first seller finance deal in Arkansas. We will be doing an Arkansas. My very first Arkansas meetup will be happening on Tuesday night. I could not be more excited. Tomorrow we fly out. I will miss Wholesale Hotline tomorrow, unfortunately. But if there's anybody here in Arkansas, please watch out for my uh, Instagram stories because I will be talking about where we're going, what we're doing, why we're doing it, et cetera, over the next couple of days. And thank you guys so much. Have a great evening.